stillness, calm, quiet, peace, being chill, relaxation. These aren't really describing words that you'd associate with performance, productivity, getting shit done, being effective, making things happen, right? But here at Acario, and if you've listened to some of the other podcast episodes and checked out our content on our YouTube channel, you may well know that we have a phrase, we have a concept called high performance, low tension. In a nutshell, this means that your level of tension and stress and exertion does not necessarily correlate with your level of effectiveness and performance. In fact, higher levels of tension overall often hinder your capacity to succeed in a given field or endeavor. If you wanna consistently get stuff done without fully burning yourself out and then having to recover for months on end, then it is essential that you bring your level of tension down and you cultivate practices for doing just that. Now, in this episode of the Acario podcast, Shane attempts to answer the question, how do you keep your tension down while also maintaining healthy high levels of performance? Shane talks with Chloe Markham. Chloe is a yogi. She's a yoga teacher who runs the online yoga school called The Yoga Revolution. Chloe believes that yoga in general needs to lighten up a bit. And that's exactly what the yoga revolution is about. Easy going, lighthearted yoga to help make the world a brighter place. And yes, apparently that does mean doing yoga to Pink Floyd and the occasional Buster Rhymes tune. So that's pretty cool. The show notes to this episode can be found at ikario.com forward slash zero five one. And with that, I hope you enjoyed the episode. All right, Chloe, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks, Jane. Thanks for having me on. It's good to be here. Yeah, let's let's get into this. Um, you So you're a yoga instructor. And interestingly, the tagline on your website says, stop practicing boring yoga. So what's the story behind that? Like, do you have a personal experience of being bored at yoga or what's going on? Yeah, and, and, and I think that, that boring yoga is actually something I've just changed. <laughs> on the website um so i don't know how long that lasts but no um yeah so i've been practicing yoga for about well the best part of 15 years thereabouts and um i used to go to classes and they were boring to me and i hate i don't know if that word i don't want to insult people by using that word um but yeah they were and honestly they were either one of two things either really overly spiritual so much so that it was completely inaccessible to me you know um and i didn't get anything out of it um and it was just too too much or on the flip side of that it was completely lacking in anything any depth or any substance and completely uninspiring and just breathe and move and and that for me was just it, not enough um and especially it's those classes as well that had music playing, but it was maybe whale music or something fairly intangible, which I'm not saying is a bad thing necessarily. It has its place, but yeah, the, the volume that you couldn't quite hear it. Mm. Um, so it was those classes. And I was like, God, there's got to be a better way. And I practiced with my teacher, Ian Finn, and I still practice with him online. And 
his classes had that balance for me. And I was like, you know what? I want to just take that forward myself. I want to teach that. I want to get into that and see if I can find my own rhythm. And so I teach a non-boring yoga <laughs> that somehow, for me at least, it's my, it's my ideal kind of uh, vibe. It fits in the middle of all of that. Mm. Yeah, I mean, look, I can totally relate to this, by the way, right? I've, I haven't done like lots of yoga, but um, I have I have done some. And I've also had this, you know, I'm a person with like a short attention span. <laughs> and I've also been in yoga classes where I'm like, man, this is like a, an endurance test, you know, but it doesn't feel like something I want to do often. <laughs> and I've also been in, you know, what I enjoy is when it's kind of challenging, or something like that, but but yeah, and I think it's also something where you know this kind of slow, quiet, calm, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, clearly works for a lot of people, but maybe not for everyone. So, uh, but yeah, it just yeah. caught my eye, you know, it just caught my eye. But the other thing, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of stuff that I want to talk to you about that overlaps with, uh, let's say, Ikario topics, stuff that we've talked about here before. Um, but one of them is, I was just thinking that. Um, I was thinking how common yoga is now, right? That there's like so many yoga studios, like basically no matter where you are in the world, you can probably find a yoga studio or several. For sure. And it's almost like the other, <laughs> it's almost like two things you can find on almost every street corner is a coffee shop and a yoga studio. And I wonder what that says <laughs> about the world that we live in, you know? It's like, we need these two things. It's almost yeah. like a reaction to something. Everybody needs coffee. Everybody needs the stimulant. But then also everybody needs to come down again because they've had such a stressful coffee-fueled day, you know. Yeah, um, that's so interesting. I love that. Yeah, and and because it's also relates to so so let's maybe get into that. You know, I just recently um, published a video about how I went to Norway for ten days to do nothing. Basically, I, yeah. I really went there with like nothing planned. I wasn't there to, you know, see the sites and go do the touristy stuff. And it was just like, oh, I'm going to be in this cabin for a few days, just do nothing. And I really, really needed that because I have like workaholic tendencies and I very much have like this, I'm still struggling with this attitude of if you're not working, you're somehow wasting your time, you know? So it's like always high pace, always stressful and so on. And, and even though I'm aware that this is not very useful, it's still, I still have that tendency and just going away to do nothing can be so valuable. And it's easy to forget how valuable, like how much real tangible value you can get out of just doing nothing. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because one of the things um, that came up was the, the idea of stillness, right? You were talking about stillness and like the value of stillness. And for me, that was immediately like, yeah, that's a good word for what I was looking for. Mm. Um, and and also just it really worked for me right it was so good for me to have some time of just stillness and doing nothing so i'd love to hear your thoughts on that yeah it's really interesting that you say you have those tendencies i have those tendencies too and uh, i really have struggled with not running at all cylinders all the time you know and then getting to that point of complete burnout and um, inability to do anything. Um, so I have a coach, she's wonderful. She's called Caroline Kay. And she's always been, Chloe, you know, you're telling everybody <laughs> to do these practices and these meditations or this, like you said, stillness sort of routines and rituals, but come on, you've got to do it yourself. And it was like, 
oh my god it's so embarrassing yes I need to do it myself so yeah um I totally feel you Shane <clears throat> and I think I actually read this somewhere recently it was like if you're working work and if you're resting rest so you know answering emails in front of rest or checking your social media in front of Netflix or eating your lunch at your desk isn't that doesn't constitute time out and and I think that it's something that it's almost it's like that coffee and yoga studio thing isn't it we don't really realize that we don't have it until we have it and you, you see the benefits of stillness and a, and a kind of a, a ritual of um, whatever it is meditation yoga um, you know, movement practice, just a walk down your lane, whatever. Um, until when we have that and we realize how magical and wonderful it is, then we're like, wow, everybody needs this. Oh my God, everybody needs this. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm such an advocate for it and I, I practice it myself now and it, it's even bigger for me um, since COVID and, and everything, I think. Yeah, mm -hmm. we need it. We need it, Shane. We need it. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, you know, and I guess maybe this is part of the pathology, but one of the ways in which I pitch this, I guess, both to other people as well as to myself is that it is also a path to higher performance, you know, because it's it's one thing to say, and I'm sure there's, I'm sure that would be more sane to just acknowledge, hey, just take a break just because, you know, yeah. but also I just, I've seen like the extreme ends of this of like, you know, overworking. And it's in terms of getting quality work done, it's not that useful to just be going nonstop, right? And especially with what you said, yeah, it's like you're you're kind of checking your email while also while Netflix is running in the background and stuff like you're just that's only stress. You're not actually being productive at all. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so it really is, I think it's also important to acknowledge that even if your main goal is to absolutely crush it and you know build your business or or advance your career or whatever, you're still going to perform higher if you manage to have a real um kind of interchange in your life between periods of rest and periods of intense work. Um, and you know, one of the things you said is like it's almost like you have to be able to commit. You have to be able to commit to doing work and nothing else, because that's also something a lot of people struggle with, right? Um, and then commit to not doing work. Commit to resting. Why is that so hard? <laughs> like, do you have a do you have a sense of like why do we struggle so much with committing to rest? I think social media plays a big part in this, right? And you know those kind of like gurus who uh sell you their workshops or their programs and it's like do this and this is the answer to like everything in your life and um mm. it, i think i think as a, as a species and, and as kind of a society that we live in now it's like we want something quick and we want something immediate and we want something that doesn't take too much work those instant fixes right mm. like the instant porridge of your work day it doesn't exist <laughs> you know what i mean I just yeah, put yeah. it in the microwave and then bang you've got a ready meal no it doesn't i don't know if that analogy fits but i think it's great i want i want <laughs> it, the instant um, porridge of mindfulness if you can please deliver that to me right i've <laughs> so just learned though it, it just doesn't exist you've got to put in the work and um it has to be cyclical like my partner at the moment he works for um an agricultural firm so 
um, there's this idea in my head that it's like farming, right? Just bear with me, Shane. Mm. Like if, you know, you think about, um, so we live in a completely rural place in Yorkshire and we have fields all around us. So we see this instantly as we look out the window, we see it all the time. But um, if you think about a field, it's not constantly full of wheat, you know, that and that farmer actually probably, if he's sensible, probably rotate that crop or um, he will, uh, nourish that land with the stuff that it needs and the soil with the stuff that it needs so that he can grow wheat again right I know this is a bit of a far out analogy but it's the same thing with us I think you can't just expect your mental soil to bear wheat constantly 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 it doesn't work like that it's the same in agriculture same in our kind of energy balance you have to give your head and your body time to regenerate and to be able to exactly what you said, Shane, perform at these high kind of um, levels. You, you have to find the space to do that. And it sounds so counterintuitive and I struggle with this every day, but um, this is my business. This is what I've built my business around is, um, and actually I wrote an email about it this morning. It's like, how can you factor in more time, like schedule it in? It is a very important meeting in your Google calendar. How can you schedule in um, me time? Okay, I'm going to have half an hour and I'm going to like sit and watch the clouds or I'm going to meditate or breathe or practice yoga or work out or run or whatever, you know, your your thing is. Man, it's yeah, if people just need it. People need it yeah, and it yeah. needs to be more 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 prioritized. Yeah, and especially I think it's especially true like most of the people we work with are entrepreneurs and creators um and with this kind of creative work and knowledge work you're not, this is not like working um, at a conveyor belt in a factory, right? Where it's just like the faster your hands are moving, the more productive you are. Mm -hmm. You are basically being paid, and this is especially true if you do creative work or if you're an entrepreneur, you're basic, you're being paid for like the quality um, of, of your output, like the quality of your ideas matters a lot. And if you yeah, you know, I think I think the example is, is excellent, right? Because if you're if you're saying, okay, I have to come up with whatever a new strategy for my business or something, if you're just kind of constantly churning out stuff, you're probably not going to create as much value as if you t take the time and give yourself the time for that one really good idea to come along and then execute on that one really good idea. Yes. Uh, but that's very hard to do. Like you said, it's very hard to do. And also, I think many of us feel guilty when we're not Mm -hmm. looking busy right i do yeah yeah yeah, yeah. definitely so, okay. guilt. yeah go ahead go ahead yeah no i just the guilt i think is is interesting because it does feel like especially as entrepreneurs um and especially if you're a in the beginning kind of journey of of entrepreneurship or starting your business or whatever like maybe you have people relying on you or it's important for you to get somewhere quite quickly um the pressure's on it's gonna feel way more of a challenge to say i'm having a break like why are you having a break that's crazy you've got to get to x goal in x months mm -hmm. you're crazy for sitting and saying you have to have a break but um yeah it's even more important even more important when you're first starting out and you have to be more creative for sure yeah so okay we, we kind of jumped into the deep end here um so let me ask you with your yoga practice like you said you you've been doing it for 15 years like what is your practice and how did you get started like can you give us a quick 
uh, overview of, of your journey into this? Yeah, well, um, I was, so I was a teenager when I first started practicing yoga and I was a bit overweight and I was pretty unfit and, you know, like sports days at school or PE lessons at school, any yeah. kind of like fitness thing was basically my worst nightmare. If I could forget my kit and get out of it somehow, I really, really would. It was horrendous for me. I just hated it. And then I, I don't know, maybe I saw like an advert or something where someone was surfing and I was like, oh my God, you know, I've always had a connection to the sea. And um, I was like, I just, I want to do that. It looks so magical and so, you know, incredible to be able to stand on a board in the ocean and surf a wave. That's amazing. So yeah, I was maybe 16 when that happened and I just really wanted to surf and I ended up going with some friends and I was rubbish, terrible, terrible, terrible. Um, I was super self-conscious of my weight and I was really self-conscious of my lack of ability and fitness and stamina. And I was like, I've got to do something. I know that, you know, from a quite a young age, I realized that, hey, I've got to change my lifestyle in order for me to um, be able to do these kind of exciting and adventurous things that I wanted to do. And so I think I maybe read it in a magazine again online or something. It was like um, how yoga can benefit surfing. And so I, I legally downloaded and um, I've said it before and I'll say it again, Peggy Hall, I am so sorry that I illegally downloaded your <laughs> videos, but yeah, she, Peggy Hall, she's, um, I don't know much about her these days. I used to follow her a lot regularly when I was younger, but she created Yoga for Surfers and it was like maybe three or four videos. And um, yeah, that was kind of it for me. I started with that and I was like, wow, this is epic. So it was like amazing pictures of massive waves and people um, surfing incredibly well um, while she were practicing yoga and she was like, I don't know, getting to do crazy stuff. And I loved it. And actually to this day, I still teach and I practice one of those um, sequences that really like fired me up. Mm -hmm. um, and since then, yeah, it was just a process from there. I found my um, my teacher, Ian Finn, um, who's also a surfer. And um, yeah, just his his thing was right in the middle. I think I mentioned this already, his, his style and his... Um, Kind of methodology is right in the middle between too much and not enough you know and just really resonated with me and then i got my um i, I did my yoga teacher training with him in 2016 and um yeah i haven't really looked back i was never meant to be a yoga teacher not really i don't think so but here we are <laughs> and i love it <laughs> interesting yeah that's an interesting inroad and so do you also still surf or did you like uh, pivot and now you enjoy yoga more or what <laughs> <laughs> so I haven't surfed in a long time actually but yes I do mm. still surf when I can yeah and I'm a terrible mm. surfer but you know I'm I'm are you, way are you saying the yoga life. didn't help the yoga didn't yeah, work it did. it did help it did help it did help I need to surf more is the thing here Shane I think that's the last uh, link but um but yeah the yoga did help my my body shape completely changed um I've I'm 31, I think, am I? Yes. And I've never been stronger. I've never been fitter. Um, and I've never had more um, confidence. And especially as a woman, you know, it's very easy to to lack confidence about your body and its ability and what it looks like, right? But um, as I get older, that's getting way better. And I'm sure that's a, a down to my yoga practice and my meditation practice, right? Not, not necessarily changing the way that I look, but changing the way that you perceive yourself, right? Mm -hmm. So that's been huge, huge for me. Yeah, definitely yeah yeah that's, that's an interesting i actually I, I might not want to jump onto that tangent but you know i think that often so 
I think that men might be catching up to women when it comes to like body image issues and stuff. You know, I feel like I'm sometimes glad that I'm, I basically never got on social media and stuff and also a bit too old for that, you know, I, but I feel like now young, like basically boys and girls growing up with this kind of stuff. I wonder if we're almost like equally bombarded with, you know, crazy beauty yeah. images and, and standards and stuff at this point, it's hard to say, but but I, I thought it was interesting what you just said, you know, it's it's not just about changing your body shape. That's maybe even secondary. It's more about like meeting yeah. in the middle, like your expectations and and your actual physical appearance. I feel like there's they can meet in the middle somewhere where because I think, you know, pursuing like fitness, like being a pursuing a fit, healthy body is a good thing. But you can clearly easily go too far. We're just obsessed with your mm -hmm. appearance, right? But somehow, if you can, yeah, if you can get reasonably fit and then be at peace with how you, yeah, just be at peace with all of it. To me, that's like the holy grail, you know, that's that's what we should be striving for. Yeah, completely. And Instagram is like the devil <laughs> when yeah. it comes to that, right? Um, yeah, I do think that's, yeah. you're right, it is the holy grail. And it is, it is men too. I didn't mean to um, just uh, oh, watch no, out. But no, yeah, no. And I, I think you're I think you're right. I think you're totally right that, that the women, you know, suffer this more strongly. It's just it seems to me that, you know, even from my perspective, I feel like when I was a kid and even a teenager, really like your physical appearance as a as a boy was just like relatively unimportant. And it seems mm -hmm. to me that's changed quite a lot. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. I wouldn't want to be or ha I don't have children, but I wouldn't want to. Uh, allow them to see social media it's such a contentious topic isn't it but oh my god no no i mean here you're i mean this is the right place to talk about that i would <laughs> i totally yeah. agree i totally agree that and and i mean even like uh yeah like for example jonathan hyde who's a psychologist i think he proposed that you know social media should be like 18 and upwards or something you basically have an age limit on it right yeah i find it so, crazy yeah. like the whole thing, you know, I'm like I said, I'm in my 30s and I get affected when I spend too much time on social media. It can negatively impact my mental health. And I'm a 30 year old woman. Like, you know, imagine putting a 14 year old or an eight year old in front of that kind of content. I just it's mind blowing. I don't know why that's a, a kind of acceptable. You know, I know people with with kids with phones and I just wow, it's just. Yeah. No, it's not cool. It's, it's brutal. Yeah, it's brutal. Yeah, it is. But speaking sure. of speaking of this, so you have, um, yeah, you were, so you were also mentioning like meditation and and routines and rituals. So I, I wonder what does this look like now? Like, how do you practically implement this? Um, obviously, the 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 yoga practice, or yeah, I, but just be curious. What do you? specifically do what does your day look like in terms of apart from classes you run and whatnot what does your own practice look like it's an, a really interesting question and i'm sure if any yoga teachers listen to this they'll um feel the same way it's difficult i've been teaching for five years now and it has been historically really really difficult for me to practice for myself as you know if you're teaching 14 hours a week if you're teaching eight hours a week or even like five, six hours a week, it can feel very challenging to do that again, but to tap into yourself. It can be, it can feel very challenging. Um, so yeah, my physical practice is a little less than I'd like it to be. But um, after saying that, I think what's come for me over the past kind of 
six, 12 months has been uh, my meditation practice. And um, I actually was recommended again by my coach, Caroline. She recommended this book, Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. And um, I, it's a really great idea, this idea of um, these set things that you do. This is kind of your instant porridge, right? <laughs> kind of. Um, mm. These set things that you do in the morning and then your day is amazing. And I can never be told what to do. It's part of the reason I work for myself. But um, <laughs> some of those ideas don't work for me. So I've, I've just adapted them. So to answer your question, Shane, in the morning, that is when my um, kind of miracle stuff happens. So I get up early and I, I practice meditation and breath work and visualization most days. And then if I'm feeling it, I'll do some movement. Um, and then if I have like a, a kind of nonfiction book that I'm reading, um, I don't know, like business development or um, mindset, something like that, I will maybe read for maybe five minutes and um, I journal too. So I, um, I have my gratitude journal and um, my intentions I write down too. So that for me, and it can sometimes be 20 minutes. It doesn't have to be this big, scary practice. Um, but that for me has been the most pivotal practice that I've implemented um, since working from home, since COVID and everything that has it's changed my everyday. And sure, I still have bad days. I still have days where I'm overwhelmed and I'm anxious. I do, I do suffer with anxiety. But more often than not, I have better days because of that morning practice. And those better days are better than they had would have been had I not done that you know so yeah. yeah morning practice I think is 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 yeah my favorite favorite most influential thing on my day and what what do you reckon makes it so powerful like yeah how come that has this kind of effect can you deconstruct that a little I mean I think the start of the day for me, I'm an early riser, so it's easy for me, but I think getting up intentionally, you know, every day is, we take them for granted, don't we? And and I definitely have done in the past, definitely, just especially if you deal with anxiety or overwhelm or stress or any sort of kind of um, mental health um, little monster. <laughs> Um, mm. It can feel very much like, okay, I'm anxious today. And you just wake up and you become anxious today and you just kind of go about your day as an anxious person um, or an overwhelmed person or bit too busy person. But I think part of the miracle lies in being able to just sit for a moment and be like, okay, how do I feel? How am I doing? How am I doing? And it can take you five, 10 minutes to, for, for me anyway, it can take me a while to kind of, um, to really have an answer to that question. Um, but once you do, okay, it's like, okay, yeah, I'm anxious today already. I'm anxious already, and it's not even 6 a.m. Shit, that's bad. Uh, okay, that's all right, though. I can find acceptance for that. And and as soon as you kind of work through how you've woken up that day or accepted it or helped yourself feel better or, you know, up your vibration in some way, it's like, okay, the rest of the day, it's just a cinch. It, it, it isn't. It isn't. Stuff happens, right? But it's. I think it's like, it's like in yoga so often we'll we'll sit at the beginning of class and we'll set an intention how do you want to feel what do you need out of this practice what do you want to work on in this practice um and that is your guiding light for the entire thing i think it works for everything not just yoga but um 
you go out for a walk what's your walk going to be do you have an intention are you going to walk three miles are you going to walk 12 miles you know do you have a pack on your back with your tent in or are you coming home you know i think it all makes a difference the way that you start to do something the way that you do something becomes way more important than actually what you do and so i think this morning practice that i have and my meditations and my mindfulness stuff in the morning i think just sets the tone for how I want the rest of my day to go. Not necessarily what happens, but how I react to that. Mm, that's a really interesting. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting way to look at it. Yeah, how you do it matters more than what you do. And also, I think that what I'm hearing out of this is, um, is that you kind of just sit with however you feel in the morning. And, you know, th this is something I have this experience from meditation practice as well, where generally when you do that, when there's some feeling and you sit with it, generally the feeling kind of just, you know, uh, fizzles out. Yeah. So if you wake up and you feel like, oh, today is a really crap day. If you don't take a moment to kind of just sit with that feeling, then that feeling might follow you around for the rest of the day. But if you're just there, and like you said, you kind of just acknowledge, okay, I, I don't feel good. Um, and you accept it, then more often than not, that kind of just makes it disappear. Yes. Um, it's um, interesting that you said that because my my teacher, Ian, he has this great analogy of um, a beach ball, right? You know, when if you're feeling anxious, if you're feeling uh, pissed off or whatever, we are kind of like uh, natural tendencies to push, push it away. Like, we don't want to feel like that. We're supposed to be high vibing today. We've got a meeting or we've got our kids you whatever you've got your responsibilities your job to do we can't feel like that today it doesn't have a place in my day right so you push it down and down and down but what happens when you push beach balls underwater the the pressure to rise just becomes higher and higher so i think i can totally see that in myself you know if i'm trying to push something away it just becomes worse but like you said shane if you kind of accept it um, if you can notice it and feel it and observe it slightly, you know, from almost a, a step away from a little distance. Okay, that's how anxiety feels. This is where it sits in me. This is what it looks like. This is the shape it is. Um, it's like, okay, anxiety, it's okay that you're here, you know. Uh, it kind of gives it space to, like, yeah, like you said, kind of fizzle out. It is interesting. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's, I, I can see how that um, makes a difference. Um, now, you know, that's interesting. I think that also the, like setting the tone for the day in the morning, uh, I think is, is really interesting. And what you described here, this is all something I've been playing with lately. Um, so it really actually, yeah, I've been, I've been kind of experimenting with exactly this kind of thing too. Um, and I do think that you can set the tone at the beginning of a day, and that is a key moment. Uh, for me, it's really important to whatever, however I do my morning, what's important is that I'm not rushed. It's always, that's the worst, is if I wake up and I feel like I'm already behind or something and I kind of rush into things. It's like an almost guaranteed way to ruin the day. Um, but I also wondered, so we, like I mentioned, most of the people in the Akari community, most of the people we work with are like entrepreneurs um, or creatives and who are interested in essentially increasing their performance, right? And in doing what they do better or doing more of what they do. And we were talking earlier about 
how difficult it is to kind of get out of the just constantly stressed, constantly busy kind of mode of being. And so I wonder what would you recommend to someone who basically comes to you, you know, with this problem being like, okay, the stuff you're talking about, you know, you're talking about taking more time for yourself and stillness and, and all this kind of, it sounds great, but basically I don't have time for that, right? I'm busy running around doing stuff all day. It's like, what would you recommend someone with that problem do? Set an alarm and stand feet more than hip width apart, right? Bend your knees, grab your elbows, let your head flop and just flop forward. So belly like on the thighs or between the thighs or somewhere in that direction, just do that. That could be it, okay? Yeah. Right? Because we sit. If you're if you're an entrepreneur like <laughs> like me, like you, I guess, right? We sit and we're like in this position all day, and we get tense in the shoulders, and we're sitting, and gravity's playing on us all day in this kind of way. Yeah, just get on. It doesn't have to be a yoga mat. It doesn't have to be a yoga practice because once we label it, it can become a thing, right? Mm. It doesn't have to be. Just stand feet wide, knees bent, grab elbows, and flop forward, and let kind of the circulation kind of reset a bit and feel your hamstrings maybe for the first time today feel them um feel what your back's doing maybe give it a little wiggle maybe sway a little side to side you know like grandfather clock pendulum style um there's my puppy uh chiming in um yeah just feel and then from there maybe there is a yoga practice maybe there is a walk you know to um uh i don't know a woodland close to you or some nature but if we can, it honestly, it doesn't have to be a big deal. And I think start small and it might hopefully grow from there. Set an alarm, do something for five minutes, do something that's not work related. You could paint. I've got my painting table right next to my desk. You could paint something. It doesn't have to look good. It doesn't have to be something you sell later in life. Just paint because it feels nice um, or build something or bake or, you know, do something. It doesn't have to be yoga. It doesn't have to be meditation. It doesn't have to be within this kind of sphere of wellness. But I think if if we can slowly, slowly get into the habit of, wow, I've been sat at my desk for an hour and a half. I should go and do something. Then, yeah. you know, it is that it is that up level of productivity. It is going to be that um, that step up in feeling better. And that that's my whole thing, right? Do something right now that isn't productive that isn't um, creative even, but just helps you feel better. Fucking hell, just feel better. And then everything else, everything else, your relationships, your parenting, your parenting style, your business, um, the way that you interact with your postman is gonna be better. If you can implement just tiny little nuggets of self-awareness in your day, man. Mm. It, it's huge and I work on this every day it's a struggle for me so I get it that it's hard it's kind of it's never gonna be easy it's never instant porridge easy <laughs> it's <laughs> it's challenging but you know set yourself up today I'm gonna yeah. you know get out in nature that's one of the biggest things right go for a swim in the sea or look at a tree for a bit you know just be a kid and uh, really commit to doing that and uh man it, it's it's a big deal. And I think we take it so lightly, but it, we shouldn't. Yeah. And, you know, I, I really like that you say, you know, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be a yoga practice. It doesn't have to be on a yoga mat. It doesn't have to be, because I think that can really become an obstacle. And, you know, one thing where I noticed this in my life, where, and I fixed this, thankfully, a few years back, is for the longest time, I was always, I always thought about like exercise has to be 
following some kind of an optimized program, you know, where, okay, I'm going to the gym four days a week and it's these days and I'm doing these exercises and so on. And I was like limited by that. Whereas like, I, if I'm going to exercise, I have to go to the gym, which is going to take like two hours or right? because I have to get there and do my pro workout and then come back and change and whatever. It's going to take this big chunk of time out of my day. And then, which means that the idea of, I don't have time to do this today is becomes more commonly valid. Whereas if you're just like, no, you can literally do one push up, right? Wherever you are right now, you can do one push up. That's it. And that's fine to do. It doesn't have to be part of your carefully planned out exercise routine. You feel like doing a couple of pull-ups right now, do it. It doesn't matter, right? And almost like for me, I had to really get to grips with this that I can allow myself to just move and exercise. Any amount is fine. Anything greater than zero is good. Mm -hmm. And it's the same with, um, with what you just mentioned, right? It doesn't have to be this big deal where I'm getting out my yoga mat and I'm gonna do this half hour program. No, you can do like one stretch and I also, I agree with you that that kind of getting that through your head, that that's, you know, that's a good thing to do. <laughs> and, and like almost taking the pressure off, you don't have to do this whole program and just allowing yourself to take even short moments, a bit of movement, a bit of stretching, a bit of something. For me, that was a kind of a key change, you know, it made a big difference once I finally, once that kind of clicked into place, you know? Yeah, for sure. And I think, um, Sorry if there's any extra sound. My puppy is being annoying. Um, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's it's uh, it doesn't have to be a big deal. You're right. It doesn't have to be a big deal. It doesn't have to be. It's great if you have the luxury of an hour to to practice something. Mm, of course, I mean yoga, but it you know it doesn't have to be like you said. If you have time to go to the gym and do this whole thing, amazing. But equally, we don't often have an hour. And actually, it's been something I found in my membership over the past um, few months is that the most popular on-demand classes that I've been filming are um, live classes that I teach that are half an hour long. And in that half an hour, you can fit in such a lovely, like, kind of nugget of loveliness. Uh, sounds really rude, doesn't it? But it's like, <laughs> if you want to meditate, if you want to slow down, if you want to... Um, get unstuck if you want to get fit if you want to feel like your heart beating half an hour is a perfect little chunk of time to do that and those classes that I've put on way more than my hours they've been outperforming everything um, mm. and I think that's it we don't have to see it as this big deal it isn't a big deal just like slowly push your chair away from your desk and walk away back away you know and, and <laughs> do the thing that you want to do even if yeah. it's five Man, makes a difference yeah yeah that's good now i also want to ask you about breath work you mentioned breath work um which is also something i've experimented a little bit with and which i think is fascinating uh so yeah i'd love to hear like what's your can you tell me a bit about your breath work practice yeah sure um i love breath work <laughs> actually it's something i'm kind of um veering into in my own kind of um, studies and uh, you know my own knowledge too um, because I find it so therapeutic and I actually read a book I really recommend if anyone's interested um, it's called I think it's called Breathe or Breath by James Nestor um, anyway fascinating read but my breathwork practice is, is isn't complicated <clears throat> it's not 
long. It's not intimidating. It's a case of maybe implementing like a four, seven, eight breath. So we breathe in for four, hold it for seven and breathe out for eight or a box breath. So um, we breathe in for four, hold it for four, exhale for four and hold it for four and maybe um, laddering that up. So increasing the time um, or maybe some version, you know, of um, Wim Hof's breath technique. It's nothing crazy. I don't do cold showers yet, maybe one day, but um, yeah, just the, um, I think it's based on Tomo, isn't it? That um, mm -hmm. that breath technique where we uh, breathe in big breaths and then um, relax on the exhale and keep doing that it's almost like a form of hyperventilation um, but the way that you feel after that and especially breath holds and things is that it can be fairly profound you know I've gone from states of you know I mentioned I have anxiety and I can go from states of almost panic attack to you know relaxed <laughs> Um, in less than five minutes through mm. this is that four, seven, eight breath. I find that really powerful. And so that's what I practice every day. And uh, again, it's part of that foundational phase for my day. How can I use breath work, <laughs> use breath work to help me um, set the foundation for a more positive day? And it, and it does without fail, it does. And we practice it in class too. So uh, the beginning of class, the end of class, and during class, breath is a massive part of our yoga practice, right? We call it Ujjayi breath. Um, this idea of kind of constricting like the back of the throat. We call it Darth Vader breath or ocean breath too. <laughs> and just being aware of that makes the yoga practice way more than just a, a move and breathe and step and blah. It, you know, it makes it become this entire different universe. Like, oh, I'm really thinking about my breath at the same time as movement. And when you link movement and breath, there's something magical happens when you pause and just breathe and you're in a, in a stressful uh, position, you're in a, uh, you know, a challenging pose. That's interesting because you're using the breath to help you become easygoing despite the stress, right? Mm. And it's interesting if you're cooking and you're feeling stressed, if you're watching the kettle boil, if you're, uh, you're waiting for a phone call or you're on, in a meeting and you're like, oh, God impatient or stressed or anxious or whatever breathe no one knows you're doing it <laughs> it's like a superpower so is there yeah so is there a specific in such a moment right if you catch yourself like feeling stressed or anxious or something is there a specific um is that the i can't remember what it was seven four eight <laughs> breath <laughs> is that the one you would like is there a specific method you would apply for a specific situation yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, four, seven, eight is is my go-to for anyone who's feeling like a bit high up here, you know, a bit, um, just too much, everything is too much. Um, mm. That's, it can help bring you down. The, the Wim Hof style breath I was talking about, that can help build you up. So if you're feeling sluggish and tired, um, I can help build you up. Breath retention um, can help find a bit of space again if you're feeling um, anxious and I think everyone kind of wanders through life feeling in some way anxious I think there's a one of the most beautiful things about our modern um, culture I suppose is that we can say yeah I'm anxious or at least we're getting toward that place right yeah I'm anxious it's low level perhaps and I you know uh, I'm not in any danger of um, 
damaging my mental health long term, I suppose. I know we can talk about depression and things like that, which are big, heavy subjects. Um, but, you know, we can all have some shade of anxiety or overwhelm or stress. Maybe today, maybe not tomorrow. Anyway, I'm off on a riff here a bit, Shane. But, the, um, yeah, these breath techniques can benefit everybody every day, definitely. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'd, I'd be curious, like, to make this practical, uh, can you walk us through, like, how you would actually do this? You know, because I, I'm also curious, like, how how long does it take? How do you do it? Sure. Um, well, um, let's do let's do that four, seven, eight breath. Just forgive my puppy. He's um, crying now. It's great. Um, he doesn't it's, know. Well, it's going to be like, it's it's. there's a mindfulness element, right? We're going to do the breathing plus you ignore the puppy at the same time. Well, it's, I've planned it like this, Shane. You see, I've planned it. <laughs> um, so, okay. So what we would do is get somewhere comfortable. So I'm sat in my office chair right now. Um, you can sit on a bed. You can sit on the floor. It doesn't have to be like this yoga pose or a meditation pose. It can be whatever. You can even lie down. Um, just make sure you're comfortable. Spine is long. Close your eyes. And then for four, seven, eight breath, we inhale for four, three, two, one. Hold for seven, six, five. Four, three, two, one. Exhale. Eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Let's do two more rounds. Breathe in. Hold it. And breathe out. All right. One more. Breathe in. Hold it. And breathe out. Breathe in and that's it. That is it. It could be uh, just as simple as three breaths. It could be a five minute thing. It could be 10 minutes. I know I, I did that once and I, and I feel different. I feel different from it, definitely. A question about that when you so when you breathe in and hold so you're holding on the uh, in breath do you mm. what do you do in terms of tension in your body because i think the no what i just tension. noticed right i breathe in and then i'm kind of tense on the hold yeah i love that question yeah um let it go let the tension go as much as you can whilst holding your breath so i know sometimes it can be easy to like shoulders up to the ears and like scrunch your forehead and your eyes and your jaw and your hands even just hold your breath and let the tension go that's a magical thing too right because we're just very tense human beings or at least we can be holding the breath no tension yeah that in itself is it is an amazing practice yeah yeah it's, it's kind of somehow counterintuitive to be holding your breath and relaxing at the same time yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah but it's powerful it can definitely i mean hopefully you're feeling a, a little teeny switch if nothing else in in energy a little shift in energy but yeah if you multiply that that by maybe 10 times um like I said, it can it can definitely take you from a feeling of overwhelm and stress and anxiety and like everything is is out to get you. Everything is rubbish and bad and and stressful and difficult and challenging to a place of it's okay, I can deal with this, you know. Mm. Yeah, you could be a few breaths away from that. It's pretty amazing to think about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So thank you. Thank you for sharing that with us. Um 
Yeah, I think that's that's great. I think we we've touched on a lot of uh, interesting stuff, and with this with breath work, which is also something I encourage encourage people to look into. Uh, I think it's a great example of what you just gave us here of just it's like a, such a simple tool, basically. It's such a simple tool. If you can count and you can breathe, you can do this. Um, it's well worth trying, even if, like we talked about, right? Even if you're in this kind of high stress, I don't have time mode. It's like you've time, you've got time to take a few breaths, right? So, yeah, I think that's 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 really good. I highly encourage people play with this, try this out, um, and apply it. So, as a final thing, let us know, Chloe, where can people find more? of you, where do we follow you? Do we follow you on social media, even though you don't like social media, what, what do we do? Yeah. <laughs> it's an interesting one, isn't it? Yeah, I do have social media, uh, much to my chagrin. No, um, I'm on Instagram, <laughs> so I'm at, um, at Chloe Lou, so C-H-L-O-E-L-O-U. That's my personal um, Instagram page, and then the yoga revolution on Instagram is um, the yoga revolution. And you can um, visit the website, theyogarevolution.co.uk. So I have an online membership where we practice live yoga and on-demand yoga. And we have a, an amazing community. And, yeah, we talk about being anxious <laughs> and how we can <laughs> deal with that and, and how we can feel better. That's my thing. How can we feel better? That's it, right? Nice. Once we can do that, I think everything else just slots into place. Nice. Yeah, that's great. And we will put those links into the show notes as well, of course. So with that, Chloe, thank you very much for your time and thank you for sharing with us on today's episode. Thank you, Shane, for having me. It's been wonderful.